Seek first the kingdom of God. Look to do His will. Pray for your needs, ask for His help, but don't let your needs or desires take His rightful place in your life. Don't let your circumstances dictate your daily living. God can do miracles. He can change your circumstances for the better, but don't attempt to use God for those things. God is no fool. He knows our intentions and He will judge us accordingly. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about learning God's will is more important than miracles. Most people look to God to fix their problems, and that within itself is not wrong. We need to depend on the Lord for everything. But the problem comes when we are only focused on our challenges and our eyes are never set on the Lord as they need to be. When the things of the world of this temporary existence become the reason for our daily living, we will not be able to overcome the devil's temptations and we will fail to enter the Lord's kingdom. God's will needs to be our focus. Today's message is inspired on Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, Blessed be your name. Hallowed and glorified be your name, O God. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed are you, O Lord God, for your love and grace and mercy. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, because you are truly good to us in every way. O Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for your forgiveness and for your mercy. And I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may help us, O Lord, to be able to see beyond our needs and beyond their challenges to be able to set our eyes on you, Lord God, the author and perfecter of our faith, the only hope that we have for eternity. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise, O Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. This is the word of the Lord. When we had come down from the mountain, Great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. What is peculiar in this passage is that the Lord told this man to keep quiet of the miracle he performed. Why would he do that? Would it not further make public his ministry so that even more people could be exposed to it? If we search the scriptures, we can find that he told many to keep silent not only about the miracles he did, but also of extraordinary occurrences that happened with his person. The following passages are just a few examples of where God told people to keep quiet and to tell no one what happened. In Mark chapter 7, it says, Again departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee, and they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him, and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed, and said to him, Epheta, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, 
and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more wildly they proclaimed it. And then Mark, we read of the following which regards to the Lord's transfiguration where it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up in a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Suddenly when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen, till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. And finally, in Luke chapter 8, we read the following account. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. And her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. So again, why would he tell people to keep quiet? The answer is because he knew that people would mainly look for him to get their problems resolved or for spectacles rather than to come to listen to the truth of God. The Lord did not come to make a spectacle of himself during his ministry. During his ministry time, before he would endure the cross, his purpose was to glorify the Father and not himself and teach of the kingdom of God. The instruction was his highest priority, teaching people the way to the Father, to eternal life, God's will. In John chapter 6, the Lord told the people that they were following him for things that were far less important. On verse 22, it says, On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone, However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, 
which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. So you see, the Lord mainly wanted for people to learn of the kingdom of God, because that is how we attain eternal life. All the physical miracles will end in nothing at some point. Lazarus, for instance, was raised from the dead, but he died anyways later on. The others he healed and resurrected also died. And of course, whoever ate the physical food, he would give them. They just digested what was given to them. But the Lord was more interested in our eternal future than our temporary condition here and now. This is a common problem today also, that most people, even so-called believers, look to God only to satisfy their current needs and even for their own selfish and vain desires. Some people look to God to give them financial gain. Others look to Him for healing. Others look to have their problems taken care of. Most people, just like back then, look to the Lord for everything except for what really matters. Now, is it wrong to look for the Lord for help? Regarding vanities and frivolous desires, it is absolutely wrong to look to the Lord for those things. God did not send His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could have financial gains and live a life of luxury. Just like the Lord did not go through the sacrifice so we could be famous. God will not entertain vanities. And if some think that God is granting them those wishes, I can guarantee you that it's not Him answering those prayers. People need to be careful because the devil has agents everywhere and he finds out what you want. And he can grant certain things, especially if those things will help people lose their soul. If we go back to when the Lord was tempted by the devil, the devil did offer him grandeur. And he offered that because he was able to. In Matthew chapter 4, we read this. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So if a person is looking to God for these things and somehow they happen, I can tell you it is not God that is granting them. The devil can give money, power, and fame. And if a person has their heart set on these things and they don't repent, they will lose their souls. They will be condemned for all eternity. And so no matter how much a person may say they believe in God, if they are trying to use God to attain worldly things, they're right on track towards eternal perdition. Now then, is it wrong to look to God for help, for things that are in fact needs? Of course not. We need to come to the Lord for help with our various challenges and needs. Our dependence needs to be on Him. Our faith needs to be established on Him. But here is the main focus we cannot lose sight of. God allows for us to go through different circumstances and challenges, but He allows those different things to happen so we are drawn to Him. In other words, we can never lose focus of Him. I'll explain it further with my own testimony. I had a very bad health condition before coming to Christ when I was very young. I had a very rare form of anemia, which at some point should have taken my life according to the doctors. They did not give a lot of hope at all. For them, it was just a matter of time. I was hopeless in that regard. When someone shared the gospel with me, it became apparent that I had an even deeper need than my physical need. I didn't come to realize the real need I'd had until after I was saved. My greatest need was loneliness. I was afraid of being alone. When God spoke through that person that shared his gospel with me, 
There was one thing she said that convinced me, that compelled me to make a decision for Christ. And that was that no matter what happened or wherever I would be, that God would always be with me if I asked him to come into my life. That was the very thing that brought me to Christ. I didn't want to be alone. When I surrendered my life to the Lord, I wasn't even thinking about my illness. My only thoughts were that I needed his forgiveness and that I needed God in my heart. I don't even remember praying for healing after that. Maybe my mother did because she became a Christian before I did, but only by two weeks. I started feeling better as time went on, and the doctors couldn't explain it. But I had no anemia about a few weeks after that. God had healed me. I stand today over 41 years later, after giving my life to the Lord and being healed without a single trace of that disease. God used the various circumstances that were in my life to show me that I needed him. But once he showed up in the picture, if you will, all of those things became secondary. That's the point of hardship and difficulty, that when God allows them to happen, that we search for him and put our eyes on him and not on our needs anymore. He should become the goal, the end-all be-all for us. Those difficult circumstances and hardship are just a means to draw our attention to him. So you see, I could have the greatest excuse to preach about physical healing because I lived it, and God can heal, but that is not the point of the gospel. I will die at some point, maybe later today, maybe tomorrow, maybe many years from now, and when that happens, my physical healing will have no value anymore. But what the gospel is about is something greater and more powerful. It's about coming back to God. It's about the forgiveness of sins. It's about living a life with not just a purpose here and now, but with an eternal purpose to have a beginning with no end. And that is why the focus of the Lord was and is the Father's eternal kingdom and teaching us how to live for Him and for that kingdom. Living out the will of the Father is the greatest purpose we could ever have because that is how the forgiveness of sins is attained and eternal life and eternal reward. And that's what we were made for by God and the reason for why the Lord Jesus Christ died and was resurrected. For it is written, for by grace you have been saved through faith and then out of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so this is why the instruction was and is so important for the Lord. And this is what we must understand. We need to come to the realization that although our current needs seem like the most important thing, they are not. And if we lose sight of the bigger picture, then our lives will only become the sum of reactions to circumstances. And we will certainly not be led by the Holy Spirit because our own desires will intervene with His ministering and guidance. We need to remember that we always have free will, especially as followers of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins and regeneration through the Holy Spirit makes us completely free from any and all strongholds of sin in our lives. The Lord came to give us freedom so that we could be completely free to do the will of the Father. This is why we need to take our eyes off of the temporary things of this world and on to the Lord. He is the goal and everything we do needs to be centered on Him if we want to attain the things He has in store for those that love Him. The temporary world and all this involves cannot reign in our lives. It cannot become the reason for our existence. 
Because if it does, we will live in vain and be devastated at the time of the judgment. Rather than having eternal life and reward, a person will be condemned for all eternity because they did not do the Lord's will, the Father's will. This is something that it is in our best interest to get right. We need to get things right with God and His instruction, His word is the only way we will know how to. For it is written, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. This is a very simple truth to understand. And if we don't do the Father's will, we will simply not be allowed to enter His kingdom. We cannot afford to ignore His truth, especially for passing and temporary things. This is what happens when people disregard God's truth and direction. In the book of Hosea, it says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forsaken and forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Notice that the passage refers to his people and to the priesthood, to the ministers. So if some of you might be thinking that you have nothing to worry about because you assume you are a child of God that is far away from the truth. His people are held accountable for the truth because they have been exposed to it. For it also says, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. The fool might reason this way. And it's not a good idea to look to know the truth because you will be held liable for it. Once God enters the picture, so to speak, and gives a person the opportunity to know his truth, then they are liable for rejecting or dismissing it. And putting circumstances ahead of his will is no excuse either. God is God. He should be our number one priority. His will should take place in our lives, take priority in our lives. Whatever we do and the reason for why we do things should be because of Him and for Him. He needs to become the reason for our existence. This is the only way we can find eternal life. Here is what we can sum up through all of this. Seek first the kingdom of God. Look to do His will. Pray for your needs, ask for his help, but don't let your needs or desires take his rightful place in your life. Don't let your circumstances dictate your daily living. God can do miracles. He can change your circumstances for the better, but don't attempt to use God for those things. God is no fool. He knows our intentions and he will judge us accordingly. For it is also written, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I would urge you for your own sake, look to fulfill the Lord's will for the right reasons. Do away with any ulterior motives because you will be judged for them and you will lose eternally. Look for God's will through his word and do it and you will find what you mostly need, the eternal. In 1 John chapter 2, it says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Do you want to live forever? Then read, study, and most of all, apply his word to your life, starting with complete repentance and conversion from all sins and submitting fully and completely to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Treat the Lord as the Lord of your life 
and you will attain the eternal life that only God can give. We cannot allow ourselves to be overtaken by our present circumstances, by whatever hardship of challenge we may be facing at this moment. Having our needs met cannot become the reason for our existence. We need to keep our focus on the Lord always, especially through times of difficulty. The devil will always tempt us by exploiting our weaknesses, our fears. When he tried to tempt the Lord, he approached them in one of the hardest points of his life, when he had been fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. And the only way that the Lord combated the devil was through the use of the scriptures. This is why we must concentrate so much on the Word of God because it's the only way we can fend off the devil and deal with our trials and temptations. There is no other way. We must be vigilant. Why? When you understand the nature of something, then you will understand what it is capable of. The devil is all evil. He can never be your friend. He will never do anything to truly help you. His apparent help is just an illusion. He is a deceiver and a liar, and so he will do anything and everything in his power to help you stumble and fall, because that is just who he is. And he can approach you quite subtly and in your moments of need, but this is the good part. We don't have to stand up to him alone. We don't have to take on any of this life's challenges alone. We can have the Lord in us and with us every step of the way. The Holy Spirit is also there to empower us, to strengthen us, to give us what we need to endure and overcome triumphantly. And of course, we have the Word of God, which is the only means through which our faith is fed and made stronger. For it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so read, study, and apply the Word of God to your daily walk with the Lord. The Word of God is the only word of life that exists. For it is also written, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Holy Bible is not just a collection of words written on a piece of paper somewhere, or as it is now in many places, data on a screen. Word is a person of Jesus Christ, the source for all life and light, just as it is also written. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so I urge you, don't just look for the Lord, but cling on to Him. He is life and light. We can have all the things that really matter through Him and Him alone. Make doing the Father's will your priority today and for all eternity. Your eternal life depends on it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessed are you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you have met our greatest need through your Son, Jesus Christ. You've given us, O oh Lord, the opportunity for the forgiveness of our sins. And you've also given us the opportunity to become your children through faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you, O oh Lord, because you are truly good to us. 
Heavenly Father, help us not to be overtaken by our circumstances, by the here and now. But help us, O Lord, to be able to fix our eyes on you, on Jesus Christ, and the author and finisher of our faith. Help us, O Lord, to run the race with patience. Help us, O Lord, to shed the sin that we need to shed in our lives. Help us to keep our focus on you. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we have much to lose, but everything to gain. Heavenly Father, help us, O God. Help us, O Lord, that to always understand and keep in mind eternity, immortality, eternal reward. Help us, O Lord, to always keep in mind what you can give to us if we remain and abide faithful to you. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.